song 317 317 what a friend we have in Jesus amen 317 what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? trouble anywhere. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every To the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, covered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise for sake thee? Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find the psalmist there. Amen. And you can be seated. All right. You need a prayer list? Uh, raise your hand. There is a stack of them somewhere uh, if you need one. Uh, okay. <coughs> Uh, where are the extra prayer lists? Okay, can you take one back to Mr. Zach? We have a... Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of them there. She's, no, just give him the whole stack there. Thank you. You can sit down. All right. And um, we had 94 this morning. Amen. Wasn't that fun? Amen. And uh, we need to praise the Lord for what we had and uh, pray it happens again. Amen. And... Uh, so we praise the Lord for that. Three first-time visitors, several returning visitors, and um, three... Oh, I didn't put that on here. We had three ladies join the church this morning. So we praise the Lord for that. And uh, the Dice's baby, we prayed for the, uh, the, the Dice's baby, and uh, uh, she is home. Her name is Esther as well, uh, Esther Joy. And uh, she is home from the hospital and doing much better, uh, last we heard there. And uh, then my wife informs me that uh, we had a great ladies' meeting Tuesday night. We had 11 ladies there, 
and a good spirit, a good time of prayer. So praise the Lord for that. Anything to add to the list? Silence. Go ahead. Yes, that was a record, and things got cleaned up very well. And uh, praise the Lord. And the food, mm, I think we had a few casualties this afternoon. <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord. All right. Any other praises? Peter? Well, praise the Lord, I got laid off because I was able to go on the seat that Friday for the first time in seven months. Okay. Praise the Lord. Peter got laid off at the supermarket, but he was able to be on visitation Saturday, and uh, praise the Lord. Uh, you just got to let the praise the Lord at all times. Amen. Uh, you check that one out with Miss Pam. And uh, anyone else want to add something to praise the Lord about? Oh, Brother Franz. Uh, just praise the Lord for an answer to prayer for my sister in Orlando. She had requested prayer, and uh, she went to the doctor for an exam, and everything came back fine. And so just praise the Lord for that because she was really worried about that. So I just praise him for an answer to prayer. Okay. All right. Okay. Praise the Lord for all the tracks that were passed out yesterday. And there were, we had uh, two groups on Steinway Street. Two groups went up to Dittmar's and walked the whole way back. And then we had three groups of us in Jackson Heights. And uh, uh, we passed out a lot of tracks for for one day and so praise the Lord for that alright any other praises to throw in the list here yes just praise the Lord it's been a very busy week a lot of meetings went to the nursing home but praise the Lord for strength and also um, we're getting the dryer fixed this week it was broke down and it was to be a catastrophe in the Montoro household <laughs> it got put back together and continue working and praise the Lord every time we put a load in <laughs> Amen. The dryer got fixed. Okay. We didn't even have to call the repairman. Brother Paul. Okay. Praise the Lord for his provision. Amen. Praise the Lord for the church. Praise the Lord for another year serving the Lord. Uh, I was looking through our annual business meeting f folder of records and just... Praise the Lord, there were more people saved and baptized than last year. So I praise the Lord for that. All right, anything else? Sarah? Okay, praise the Lord. Stephen? Okay, yes. Um, we prayed for the Nielsens, and uh, Brother Nielsen had a very important meeting in, instead of the nursing home on th at the same time. And so he called me up a couple weeks ago and said, would you mind going down to the nursing home? And uh, being the big, brave preacher that I always am, I take my wife and kids with me if I can. And uh, uh, Stephen played uh, nothing but the blood on his banjo. And there's this lady on the front row. Uh, that knew the song, and she drowned out the banjo, but uh, he got through it. And so, but if, if you'll start where you are, God will bless you if you'll use whatever talent you have for Him. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for the great attendance and the meal and the fellowship. And uh, Lord, just uh, 
the visitors and, and uh, the great ladies meeting. Lord, we just thank you for another year of service here. We thank you for your work in answering prayers and, and uh, providing and giving, uh, uh, supplying our needs. And Lord, allowing us to serve together as a church. We thank you for your grace and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's stand and turn to page 361, 361. He is the lily of the valley. Amen. Jesus is the lily of the valley. 361. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. All my griefs has taken and all my sorrows more. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart, and now he keeps me by his fire. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do His blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I'm nothing now to fear. With His manna, He my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Amen. And you may be seen. Amen. How many of you have ever had somebody lie to you? How many of you have ever had somebody tell you a lie? They promised you something and then they broke their word. You ever had that happen? Uh, that's not a pleasant thing. Um, you ever had somebody promise you something and you thought they broke their word and then you found out that Wait a minute, don't answer yet. Somebody promised you, you thought they broke their word, and then you found out that you were the one that was in the wrong. Have you ever had that happen? I don't like when that happens. I mean, that one's not fun. And that's where we are tonight. We're going to look at the book of Joshua chapter 7, and this is a story that you probably know, and uh, but just felt like this is where we ought to go tonight, 
We're going to start in Joshua chapter 7. And uh, this is the battle of Ai. Now, how many remember the battle of Ai? Okay. So, we know where we're going here. And we're going to start right here in verse um, 2 of chapter 7 of the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 7, verse 2. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people labor hither, labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote them, about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Sherbarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content to dwell on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and shall cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Now, boy, you talk about a prayer. I mean, he is pouring it on thick, wasn't he? You know what I mean by that? I mean, he was... I mean, it was a huge heaping of tears and all the other thing. I mean, uh, the way uh, it's kind of crude, but, you know, tears all over the altar and slinging snot wall to wall. I mean, that's what Joshua was doing here. I mean, he's having a big, big problem. And um, I, I love the Lord's answer in verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? God was really compassionate, wasn't he? I mean, there is just a lot of concern in God's voice for all that Joshua was going through. Now, I'd like to go back in time and build this thing up a little bit if we could. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 24 and just look at Joshua for a minute. Just look at Joshua. Exodus chapter 24. And we're going to start in um, oh, verse 1 of chapter 24. And we're just going to skip down through here. We're not going to read the whole passage. Verse 1, And he, this is God speaking, said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And uh, then let's, uh, verse 9, it says, Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. 
And upon the nobles of the children of Israel he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments, which I have written, that thou mightest teach them. Now verse 13 is what I want you to notice. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. And Moses went up into the mount of God. Now, this is the first time we, I mean, we've heard of Joshua, but this is the first time we really hear of him and, and who he is and what he's doing. He's Moses' minister. Uh, now, that may sound like an incredibly important job, but uh, basically what he did was when the trash can got full, Joshua took it out. When Moses needed his hands washed, Joshua poured the water. Uh, when Moses needed anything, uh, Joshua was the man that went for it. How many of you know what a gopher is? Peter knows what a gopher is. You go for this and you go for that. Amen? Uh, that was Joshua's title. He was the gopher. I mean, he was Moses' minister. But when Moses went up into the mount of God, who went with him? Joshua did. That makes Joshua a pretty unusual man, doesn't it? Skip down to chapter 32. Chapter 32. Now remember, Moses had been up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, and the children of Israel had decided that Moses uh, wasn't coming back, and so they made their own gods, and they were doing their own thing. And uh, we come here to chapter 32, and verse 17, Moses is coming down the mountain in verse 15, and Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony was in his hand. Now we're skipping down to verse 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. Now, of course, Joshua was wrong about that. There wasn't a voice of war in the camp. It was the voice of false worship was what was in the camp. Joshua had been up there with Moses the whole time that Moses was up there. Forty days and forty nights as Moses was receiving the law of God, we have Joshua there with him. That's the kind of man this was. Joshua was not what we would call a neophyte. Anybody want to know what a neophyte is? That's uh, the new guy on the block. That's the person that doesn't really know what's going on. But that wasn't Joshua. He had been here all along since the beginning. Come with me to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. And if you'll remember, in Numbers chapter 13, Moses sent the 12 spies into the land of Canaan. Guess who one of the spies was? Joshua, the son of Nun, the person we're talking about here. And uh, let's uh, come down to uh, verse 6. In verse 6, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them, searched the land and rent their clothes. Now, here's why they did that. Is because, uh, how many remember the Sunday school song? Uh, am I fading in and out? Oh, okay, screeching. Oh, Neither do I. Okay. 
uh, 12 men went to spy in Canaan, 10 were, uh, 10 were bad and 2 were good. And uh, Joshua and Caleb, when they heard the bad report of the other men, they rent their clothes. Verse 30, uh, it tells us, it says, um, uh, God heard what was going on here, and he says, Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear unto you therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they will know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Now remember Moses? He got mad and struck the rock twice. He didn't get to go into the land of promise. Joshua did. This is the man that we just read about that's sitting there crying and screaming before God and saying, God, why didn't you just leave us on the other side of Jordan? And so I want you to understand that Joshua... Let's look at one more. Exodus 34, verse 11. I love this one. Exodus 34 and verse 11. The Lord is telling Moses in verse 1 to, for him to make two more tables of stone and he's going to have Moses come up to the mount and he's going to take Moses up for a second 40 days and give Moses the commandments. But look at verse 11. It says, Observe thou that which I have commanded thee this day. And that is not the right verse. I'm sorry. And I will drive out for thee. And uh, it, it talks about the promise that God gave them. And uh, just a minute. I'm sorry. Oh, there, there it is. It's 3311. I knew it was on this page somewhere. 33.11. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of man, Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Do you get that? God was talking to Moses at the door of the tabernacle. And Moses is talking there to God. And God is this is the after the sin of the children of Israel and God is promising his forgiveness but his judgment upon those which had sinned and Moses turns around and goes back into the camp but the kind of man that Joshua is he says God's here at the tabernacle he said I'm going to stay a little longer he just stayed there and communed with the Lord so I want us, number one, to understand that Joshua was a man who loved the Word of God, who stood for the Word of God, and who loved the God of the Word. I mean, he was not afraid. He, he was a man that we would say living in the faith of God. And so why in the world did he have all these problems in the passage we started in Joshua chapter 7? But not only that, I want us to look at something else. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And we'll find out not only did Joshua love, love the Word of God, 
He took a stand based upon the Word of God. He loved the God of the Word. I mean, he was he he and God had a real relationship with each other. But Joshua also had a lot of promises from God as well. Now look at Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 7. It says, And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Now, how many of you like a promise like that coming from Moses? I mean, that'd be a pretty wonderful thing, wouldn't it? Moses put his hand upon him and ordained him in front of the people and said, Joshua, you're the man that's going into the promised land and you're the one that's going to divide it to everybody there. God is not going to fail thee. God is not going to forsake thee. He's always going to be with thee. The answer is here. You have it. All you have to do is go. But that doesn't sound like Joshua in Joshua chapter 7, does it? He had a promise, didn't he? And of course... Most of us know where we're going with this message, don't we? Let's keep going. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We have the people coming in verse 16. And it says, And they answered Joshua, saying, All thou commandest us, we will do. Whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words, and all thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be thou strong and of a good courage." Now, God was speaking in verse 6 here. It says, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers. Verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all according, do according to all my, the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, those are some wonderful promises that were given to him by the man of God, Moses, by the people of God, the children of Israel, and by the word of the Lord himself. Now, let me ask you a question. How could you be any more qualified than Joshua than to be obedient to the word of the Lord? So why was Joshua so dismayed when it came here to chapter 7? 
You see, we skip verse 1. Read verse 1 of chapter 7 with me here. It says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. How many know the story of Achan? It's one of the saddest stories in all the Bible. How that this one man brought upon the entire nation of Israel... They had 36 funerals because of the sin of one man. 36 men died. There were 36 fathers that weren't coming home to their children to the, after the battle of Ai. It says that the heart of the people melted and became like water. I mean, all the enemy would have had to do was send one little follow-up troop of men and the whole nation of Israel would have skedaddled back over the Jordan River. I mean, they were in bad shape because they thought that God had broken His promise to them. Now, I'm not going to ask you tonight, but I want you just to think about how many times have you thought in your life that somehow God broke His promise. Now, don't raise your hand, but think about that. Say, well, I, I did according to the word of the Lord. I did the best I could, and, and, and it just didn't work. I've had some people tell me, I, I tried everything the Bible said, and it didn't work. Well, I look at the life of Joshua here, and no one could be more qualified than the, book of, than the man Joshua. Amen? Could we agree on that? And yet, when this adversity happened in Ai when they lost this battle Joshua being a human being immediately charged God with having broken his word now if Joshua will do that guess what I'll do that you'll do that now let's ask the uh, the question it's just begging to be asked did God break his promise Absolutely not. God never breaks His promise. He never... In fact, God was keeping His word, wasn't He? God said, if you're going to disobey me, I'm not going to be with you. You say, should Joshua had gone through the whole camp and checked with every individual before they went to the next battle? Well, that would have solved the problem, wouldn't it? But here's something that's just real in life. Do guilty people often suffer because of their sin? Sometimes. But who really suffers? It's the innocent ones, isn't it? It's the innocent people that really suffer because of other people's sins. Case in point, we've all heard the horrible stories of the little babies born addicted to crack cocaine and to heroin and to... Was it that little baby's fault that they were born that way? Absolutely not. It was somebody else's fault. Little children that get abused. Is it their fault that they get abused? Absolutely not. Innocent people suffer 
because of other people's sin. But does that mean God's broken his promise? No, it doesn't. And the only way out is obedience to the Word of God. There's going to come a time. I don't know uh, why the Lord brought this message tonight, but uh, if it's for you, take it home and use it. There's going to come a time when you are going to suffer because of somebody else's wickedness. That's just the rules of life. And it's not because God has forsaken you. It's because God must keep His Word and He's not going to reward the evildoer for doing evil things. But sometimes that means the innocent are going to suffer. These 36 men, we don't know their names, they're not given in the Bible. Do you think God picked the most wicked 36 men and all the children of Israel? No, as far as we know, every one of them were keeping the word of God. In fact, the dirty, rotten rascal that had caused the whole thing, who knows, he might not have even gone up to the battle. One thing we do know, if he did, he survived because he was still there at the end of the chapter when they uh, took care of business. Amen? God said, listen, you're going to find this rascal that's done this and you're going to uh, separate him from the children of Israel and you're going to put judgment on him. And somebody said, yeah, I'd like to do this part. Let's go find out that person that, that did all that rotten stuff and stone him. Um, one time, just a quick funny story. It has nothing to do with the sermon, but... Uh, in Bible college, the Bible college I went to, uh, there was a, a man from the area, not saved, of course, and he was coming onto the campus and, and doing rotten things on campus, wicked things on campus. And uh, so all the male students got around and they were trying to watch and they caught this guy. And they said, now what are we going to do with him? And he ran away and he got into his car and he was going to drive off. The only problem was he had to drive down this long back alley to get out of the campus. And uh, being Bible college students, one of them picked up a stone and said, Stone him! He was in a car, of course. Uh, but uh, uh, there wasn't an inch on that car that wasn't marked by the time he got down through that back alley. And he never showed up on campus again to do wicked things uh, toward the young ladies on campus. I uh, almost wish I'd have been there for that one, but I wasn't. Uh, but I kind of like that story. That solved that problem right then and there. Uh, he never came back. And I told you, it had nothing to do with the sermon, but uh, just a funny little story. And uh, we come down here to verse 19, and Joshua said, Listen, Achan, you tell us the story. We know what happened. Achan was punished for the death of those men. Now, let's just take, in a few minutes, we'll get some application here and we'll be done. I want you to turn to the book of 1 John, chapter 5. The book of 1 John, way in the back of your Bible. We're going to start verses 1 through 3. This is where you start. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now, 
Did you get this part here? There's people out there that claim they only worship Jesus Christ, and there's other people that say they only worship God the Father, and both of those people are heretics. They're both against the Bible because if you love God the Father, you will love God the Son. If you love God the Son, you will love God the Father. You cannot help it. And by the way, that's who Joshua was. Amen? He was a man who loved God the Father and God his and God's Word. And by the way, you won't have a problem with God's Word if you love God. Amen? Look at the next verse. It says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. Do you want to do the best that you can so that you don't end up like Achan and causing innocent people to suffer because of your sin? You'd better keep God's commandments. That's how you love one another. If you want to love other people in this church, just start being obedient to the commandments of God. Amen? It's that simple. Because as I'm obedient to the Word of God, I cannot help. The natural result will be caring and loving for other, loving other people. And for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. That's, that's just what God's love does in our heart. Amen? Now, we come down here to verse 11. Number one, Joshua loved the Lord. This is how you love the Lord, right here. This is how you love God's people. This is how you love God's Word, is you just believe in Jesus Christ, believe God the Father, and obey the Word. Amen? Now, we come down to verse 11. It says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may hope that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe in the name of the Son of God. Is that what your Bible says? No way. It says that ye may know. Amen? This is the confidence. God, it says, and this is the confidence, verse 14, that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You know what? We have a confidence that God will always keep his word. And the Bible says, if we're praying according to God's will, we can know that he's going to answer our prayers. We should never, ever be accused of pulling a Joshua chapter 7. Amen? Because we have the picture, of the story of Joshua to teach us. We have the promises that are in God's Word. And we have the confidence of eternal life that God will keep us no matter what, and that he will answer our prayers. Now, don't pull a John Avanzini. Does anybody know who John Avanzini is? He's, he said that uh, Jesus wore a Rolex watch and designer jeans and had so much money that he had to have 12 disciples to keep it all. Now, you talk about a blasphemer. That's John Avanzini. He's a name-it-and-claim-it guy. You tell God what he's supposed to give you and he'll... That's not the kind of prayers it's talking about answering here. It's talking about answering the prayers that are according to God's will. And by the way, 
Is God's will what's best for you? Amen. Now, we're going to pray in a few minutes. We've had some prayer requests that have been on here a long, long time. You know what? I'm going to keep praying. And we need to keep praying. And we need to serve the Lord. Because He never breaks His word. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You this night. ask You to do Your work in our hearts and in our lives. We ask that You would teach us from the story tonight, from the word tonight, that we may just simply trust You and be Your servants. Give us grace. And in your name we pray. We'll just keep our heads bowed. And if anyone would like to just slip out of the seat and spend a few minutes at the altar, you may do so. Just take a moment as we prepare for the time of prayer that's followed.